0: The Born to be Mild Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Born to be Mild. We've got another free and fair transmission of audio waves resulting in the peaceful transition of ideas lined up for you today. I am your host, Ronald Cabuno, and we have reached it. Episode 40, the Big Four Zero. We are now over the hill. We are feeling every bit of it here at the show. It is the week of October 18th, and I am glad to be with you. Uh, Now, right before I started recording this, the Commission on Presidential Debates said that they will be authorizing the use of mute buttons in the next debate. So, I would expect another Twitter tirade and possible boycott out of the big orange guy following that bit of news. Uh, today we are very happy to welcome a Youngstown Media legend to the show with over 40 years of journalistic experience right here in Youngstown. Stan Boney is the apex, he is the benchmark of what TV news reporting looks like in the Mahoning Valley. I talked with him about his journey, what it you know looked like to report then versus now, and the importance of having the public share the same set of facts. It was a real treat to have him on. So I hope you enjoy that. But I wanted to start by sharing some sad news personally. Uh, If you heard my show last month where I told you about my uncle who had just passed away from ALS uh, and COVID after leading a very distinguished life of service, both public and private, to his community and his country in general through many different avenues, well, behind every great man... Is often a woman who is equally and sometimes even greater. And that woman passed away late last week. So I wanted to share a, another a memory eternal for my wonderful aunt Joanne Sweeney. I love you, and you will be missed. Uh, I can't imagine what my aunt Joanne and Uncle Bill's two kids, Shannon and Michael, are going through right now. You know, like I have never lost a parent and I've really never taken the time to think about what it would like uh, to lose one at all but my god I can just say that having been married for almost two years and having ample time to play out manic scenarios in my head I would be completely lost without my partner in life and my partner in crimes Brittany Uh, you know so I can only imagine a fraction of the heartache that my aunt felt after her husband passed after so many years of marriage, and you know, long-time husband and wives dying of a broken heart, as they say, so quickly following their partner uh, in death is something that happens with some regularity. But like, it seems like circumstantial and a bit fantastical until you've actually seen it in your own life. And um, I, you know, having seen my life and felt my life intertwine with my wife since marriage I have a glimpse of you know understanding the profound loss that she felt so you know she wasn't in her 90s but she did have some health complication and it seemed a little bit easier in her 70s that she was able to make that decision to go and be with her husband and I appreciate that level of sorrow and heartbreak I feel terrible and so I hope that she has found peace um. Anyways, all right. Uh, we have no good segues. Let's talk. Let's talk football. Uh, only because I'm recording this on Monday instead of Sunday. I know that we can talk about the understandably tragic events of the Cleveland Browns. We can talk about how they return to form this weekend by. Essentially depositing feces into their uniform pants while challenging their rivals in name only, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns played so badly that you had to wonder whether there was some governmental or league assistance tied to running the team as a charity by employing not only downtrodden, but substandard players. We will look into that and see what we got for you. Uh, Luckily, we're going to open up Big Ten football this week. Yahoo! So that is going to give us some quality, uncompensated entertainment to digest and take in. And, uh, you know, barring some kind of campus outbreak of COVID, we're going to have Ohio State football here for the foreseeable eight weeks, right? All right, that'll be great. Um, It has been a pretty long and trying week, so we are going to skip the whole news recap and merciless Trump bashing that we usually like to engage in at this portion of the show. Uh we're just going to get right to our fantastic interview. And you know, I mean I'm sure you folks have been uh, all been out there and following what's going on. We've had the dueling town halls. We had uh really long lines at Erling voting stations. I think you might have seen some of those pictures. And then we had the formalities up there at the Supreme Court, letting that nice young lady who wants to deny women or fellow women their fundamental rights up there and probably getting a seat on the biggest court in the land. So um, it's Honestly, it's looking pretty good for Uncle Joe right now in the polls. And a lot of media is already talking in writing about what the Biden presidency would look like. So I know it's within our nature to look ahead. We like to make suppositions. We like to game plan it out, possible scenarios, outcomes. But that kind of shit gives me a little bit of PTSD right now because 2016 was not a joke. It is recent. It's recent history. It's a lesson we should be learning from that. Um, there has been a surge in the non-college-educated voter registration in the swing states. Um, there has been a lot of forecasting that Joe has already got this thing wrapped up, so that could very well blunt the uh, historic turnout, you know, that we will see regardless, but possibly in you know in Trump's favor. So to everyone out there who is just churning out cabinet wish lists and. Policy checklist, I would say cut that shit out and focus on turning out the vote before you jinx it and you break up the band. Alright, what else? Real quick. Um, John Oliver. John Oliver got his sewage treatment plant. Totally cool. Um, check out his show if you want to see that naming ceremony in Connecticut. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin got suspended for masturbating accidentally on Zoom. He thought that camera was off. I, I tend to believe him. I don't... It doesn't strike me as much of an exhibitionist. But, alright. Anyways, I guess I could have just said it was another week of 2020 hijinks and that would have been enough. But I gave you a little bit. So, allow me to introduce my talk with Stan Boney. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Have a listen. Okay, joining us on the show, we have Youngstown legend as an anchor and as a weatherman, as an all-around news personality, Stan Boney. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And so, uh, where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Finley,
1: Ohio. Uh, I am the second most famous person ever to come out of Finley. Behind Is that ben, ben Roethlisberger? Roethlisberger.
0: Yes, yes, I thought right. so. All right. Yes. Well, actually, you kind of leapfrog him in many respects in my book, so you're well, number one, bud. <laughs> anyway,
1: uh, so I, Ben and I are both from Finley. Uh, I was born and raised there, graduated from Finley High School in uh, 1975. Proud proud member of the class of 75 at Finley High School. Um, and then I went to Ohio University to college. I got my degree in broadcast journalism. I worked for four months at a a small radio station in Dayton, and then I came to Youngstown in October of 1979. And that was
0: in a TV or radio capacity?
1: In Youngstown? Yeah. Yeah, I came here to work in TV right from the beginning. I I was hired at uh, WYTV, and uh, so I worked in radio in Dayton, but when I came to Youngstown, I worked in TV at that point.
0: Okay, and so then you spent like the next 30 years or so at YTV? Yeah, that's probably a good number. Well, probably more than that.
1: Uh, I think I went to KBN in, I don't know, 2015 maybe. It was 2015 or 2016. So I'd say 35 years I spent at WYTV. But you also got to remember in um, December of 2007, WKBN and WYTV merged.
0: I was just going to say that.
1: So I was on WYTV from 2007 until I moved to WKBN in 2015, but we were operating as a, as a merged operation. So even though I was on WYTV, I was working out of the WKBN building
0: mm-hmm. and kind of
1: working under the WKBN umbrella. So, so there's really no
0: way by that point of the merger for there to have been a separate culture for you to be able to distinguish between the two.
1: Well, you distinguish between the two on the air, but employment-wise, I didn't distinguish between the two. When we, we even still today, we try our best to keep our product somewhat separate, but it's not totally separate because that's part of the merger. The part of the merger model is that we use, you know, we we, we share resources, we share reporters, we share videotape, we share uh, all those things. When 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 there's a story, if the Governor holds a news conference at the airport. We send one crew and that crew, uh, the video from that crew is used by both WYTV and WKBN. Just the the model changed, you know, in 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what we've been working on ever since.
0: And that's kind of um, indicative of basically media in general in the country in the last uh, 20 years or so. So, like, as there have been efforts in consolidation, um, there are fewer resources. But can you tell me, like, how has that, like, changed and what would it look like? Where would you be getting your news from, let's say, turn of the century, uh, you know, in in the year 2000 or so? How many different outlets would you be getting them from? And then then also, what is it... um, How much of your content or or your direction comes from a national level nowadays versus back Hardly any of it
1: locally. I mean, we do some national stories. Um, For one thing, we are owned by a company called Nexstar, which is the largest owner of local TV stations in the country. Right. So we share, and and there's a network set up within Nexstar where we share video among and stories among each other. So, um, Fox 8 in Cleveland is a next star station. Uh, WCMH in Columbus is a next star station. There's a next star station in Dayton. There's a next star station in Wheeling. So, we have a lot of the region covered. So, if there are stories in that region, one of our stations is likely covering it and we can cover that story based on what they have we we
0: share video and stories amongst us okay Um, but it's not like uh it's not like a sinclair model let's say
1: well i don't really know i know sinclair has a model i don't think it's the same model honestly i'm not all that familiar with how sinclair operates um, it, our it's model more of a is a, we, we share among ourselves and we share stories. And in this day and age, you know, you can you can share a story and you can cover a story at nine o'clock and it can be on every station in the next Thursday and network by 930. So, I mean, it's not hard to do anymore. You can feed it on your phone. So, right. I mean, uh, I don't really know the Sinclair model. Uh, I mean, I don't know. If it, well, I don't know if it operates the same as ours. Well, I, I guess, just don't know.
0: I guess theirs is a, um, a focus on more of a synergy of message. So they will you know, disseminate a lot of talking points. That Yeah, we don't, uh, do, that. Yeah, we don't okay. do that. We don't do
1: that. We run totally independent. Our news operation is totally independent of any others.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, I mean, that's a really important distinguish, uh, distinction to make. I agree. I agree. Um, and so, like, what... What do you like about the way the news operates today? What's I mean, because there there can definitely be so many down points. I don't. There, it's got to go both ways. Like, what's a what's a plus about working in today's environment?
1: Working in the environment or viewing today's environment—they're probably two different things. For me, I mean, I don't know. Working in today's environment—it's just busy. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the the, um, the news cycle never ends. Um, When I first started in 1979, we did a a noon, we did a a half hour, actually I think we did it at 11.30, Um, and then we did a 6 o'clock news and 11 o'clock news, and then in the mornings we just did cut-ins during Good Morning America, Mm -hmm. uh, which runs from 7 to 9. We do like a five-minute news brief. at. 7.25, Seven twenty-five. Another one, maybe at eight at seven fifty-five. And again, every thirty minutes, we might do a few minutes worth of news. Well, nowadays, you know, we did basically an hour and a half of news a day, and I think now we're doing like nine and a half hours of news a day. We do wow. four four hours live in the morning. We do uh, two hours on 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 WKBN from five to seven. And then we go from 7 to 9 on Fox and it's all live so it's all it's not taped. Uh we do a half hour at noon. We do an hour and a half from 5 until 6:30 and then we do another hour and a half from 10 until 11:30. On the weekends we do 2 hours on Sunday morning and Saturday morning. Plus our <laughs> plus the newscast on Saturday night and Sunday night. So I mean, the, the
0: news never sleeps, never
1: ends. It never yeah. ends. Um, and and, it, and I kind of joke about it a little bit. But it's when you when you turn a story, when you when you come in and say, OK, here's my story for the five o'clock news. They might say, good job. But the next question is, what can you do for me for 10? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only because there you have to you can't just think about what you just did. You got to always be thinking ahead. You always be can be precious. About the next newscast. Because yeah. the next newscast is two or three hours away. So <laughs> that is the biggest change I've seen as far as working in news is that there's really never a break. You know, there's the, the next newscast is just hours away, and somebody has to be ready to do it.
0: Um, one of my favorite uh, podcasters and uh, sports personalities is Beaumont Jones. I don't know if you've ever heard I of him. I don't know him at all, no. So very, very smart guy, very insightful. but um, he had said uh, late this week he said like whenever whenever somebody is on Twitter, you are either there to inform or you are there to perform. You're not just going to these uh, outlets to vent. Because you can do that yourself. You could do that in a you know in an empty room. So you're out there doing one of those two things, and that's basically what everyone wants to do nowadays. They want to be in front of a camera and they want to be able to do either one of those two things, especially when you see people trying to have their own YouTube channels or their own podcast, much like this. <laughs> right. I can't I can't be immune to the obvious, but like how do you balance that? because that's essentially the job of the news anchor you are informing and performing. So I mean, you can have the best information possible, but you have to be able to bring it to us in a way that we want to keep coming back for. So uh, how much of your mindset is focused on one versus the other or does it, it are you on autopilot by this yeah, point?
1: Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean I've been doing this for 41 years. So I don't And to really... say that you
0: do so much live content, you know, a lot of the time, like that's just got to be such uh, rote repetition. And it's got to be very intimidating for new people to come in to try and, and mimic that type of, uh, uh, yeah, that type of professionalism.
1: Oh, I agree. You know, it's, 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 it's hard to learn. But for me, I've been doing it for so long that it's second nature. Um, there's not a story that I can't tell. At least that's the way I feel about it. Okay, you get me to the story, and I can tell it. Um, the The problem is finding the story that somebody would be interested enough to tune in and watch. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that's, that doesn't happen all the time. Um, so it's not necessarily telling it. Once I get there, I'm okay. But finding it, saying you know, you know, is this. Is this interesting? Is this something that will make people want to tune in and then tune back in tomorrow to see if I have another good one?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I, I don't disagree with that. And, 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 and sometimes I succeed and sometimes it's like, well, eh, that, that was just okay. You know, I don't, I don't know how much interest <laughs> there would be in something like that. But I've also learned that what I think is interesting, you might not think is interesting and vice versa. OK, um, if you it's, it's interesting how you stack a newscast. Usually you start, you know, they call it the lead story. And mm-hmm. what should be the lead story today? If you get a room of people in there and you put these stories on a table, you'd be interested to see how many people would think what the lead should be different, how, how it should be different. And also, to be honest with you, when I watch a national newscast, and I still do watch you know, newscasts in the evening, um, not sure. so much in the evening, but, but when I do watch a national newscast, I see when they, some of the stories that I'm most interested in are maybe not the, maybe not the lead story of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. It might be
1: buried a little bit further into the newscast, but that's just me. That's the one I'm interested in. So what's interesting to me may not be interesting to you um, because we have different tastes. So, that's, I guess that's in news. We try to get a little bit of something in there all the time so that everybody will be interested, that it's not just one person that we're focusing on. And
0: I, right. And, and that's yeah, but what when I it comes like. to bringing content to air, um, you are essentially the arbiter of what you're bringing to the table, right? I am. I okay. Am. So, then in that capacity, then. Um, What 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 do you do in terms of feelers? Like, not only do you have like I I would assume sources, but also like um, what type of channels are you are you skimming at all hours, trying to find things either locally or regionally or perhaps nationally that you want to talk about?
1: Well, I just kind of I guess I just look for it. I don't really know if I use anything specifically. I mean, I get my national news probably from the same places everybody gets it. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not a huge social media guy. Uh, okay. I, I don't have a Twitter account. Uh, I, I have a Facebook account, and I use it mostly to track people down. It seems like most people have a Facebook <laughs> have one. account, right? Not yeah. a, not all of them, but most people do. I and think a, mo-
0: some people would probably have that as opposed to a cell phone. Sometimes nowadays, you could probably find them through Facebook.
1: Yeah, but if you have a Facebook account, you probably got a cell phone. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I'm I just think, saying,
0: like, everyone's got the Facebook account.
1: Well, everyone's got a cell phone. Not everybody's got, not everybody's got a Facebook account. What do you I, think I've, about looked, that? I've learned that over the years. There are people that are still not on Facebook, and I've got to find different ways to find them. But if I'm looking for you, and you don't have a Facebook account, maybe I can find somebody that knows you. So that I can contact them and say, hey, I'm looking for Ron. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm working on this story. Can you have Ron call me? Here's my phone number. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) But I'm not right. So how I get my stories, sometimes I just think about it. Okay. I'm I'm driving around and I'll just think about it. And I go, you know, that would make a good story. Or somebody will say something to me, just real small. And Mm -hmm. I will think, you know what? That's a good story. Let's develop it into a story. So... Do you um, think
0: that that has to do with your... Intimate and innate knowledge of the area. It does. It It, It's tremendously
1: helpful. Tremendously helpful. Yes. I I
0: would imagine that that you know that that capacity would be decreased exponentially if you were in some foreign area.
1: It It would. Or a different city. Right, so okay. I mean, you
0: would be maybe turning over rocks that someone had just turned over last week or a right. million times before, and you would never be the wiser. Uh, whereas here, you definitely have your finger on the pulse of what's been going on uh, currently and historically, so right. you can maybe see and where I the have winds a lot are of blowing
1: around here too. I know. I mean, I, I I live in Borman, so I know a lot of the people in Borman. Uh, but I know. I mean, I, I also I'm into politics. I like politics, uh, and not just the campaigning of it, you know, when people think of, I think when they talk politics, they think presidential campaign politics, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. But it's, but it's it's a lot more than that, especially on the local level. And and I do like the campaign. I do like election time. It interests me. I, I, I like to hear what the different candidates are saying. Um, but also once the election's over,
0: what mm-hmm. interests
1: me is the Boardman Township trustees deciding whether you should build a Meyer store along 224. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the type of politics that affect everybody's life. And I'm not saying they should or I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying that I, I, I enjoy covering the debate about it. Do you sure. do you, it, do you allow the boardman do you allow Meyer to build a gas station next to their Meyer store and that's a debate i don't know should we allow that should we change the zoning here should we should we give our our police department and firefighters a raise when this community doesn't really have any money okay mm-hmm. so I I, I I i i those those type of debates fascinate me sometimes so and and they're all political debates it's all politics it's just not campaign politics, it's the politics of life. And I heard a lot of people say, you should pay more attention to your township trustees and your school board members and your county commissioners because they'll affect your life a lot more than than the presidential candidates ever will. So I I enjoy politics. So I do do some political reporting. Um, I also cover the Mahoning River fascinates me. Um, It always has from day one. Um, And there's now an effort to make the Mahoning River a recreational use, kayak and canoe down it. So I've done a lot of stories on removing the dams. I mean, it's a, they go on and on and on and on. I actually,
0: are- I actually saw a clip of you kayaking the Mahoning River some thirty years ago.
1: Well, I did. Right? I actually did the part of it, but I about five years ago, maybe not even that long, maybe five years ago, I kayaked the Mahoning through Youngstown. Okay. So what well, everybody's doing, it's, it's become a big thing to do now. I mean, a yeah. lot of people kayak the Mahoning. They go in at the B&O station and they get out at Lowellville. I mean they're and then they're, now that they're gonna take out the dams, it's gonna be the thing to do here. You know, probably in the next ten years it'll be a very popular thing to do. It still is. It's a great canoe trip. It really is. It is. is.
0: And people are, you know, or municipalities are spending a lot on their waterfronts in general, and those are best places to start getting those kind right. of uh, So public- anyway,
1: that's that's kinda I just get my story sometimes just by thinking about it, or I might read one sentence in a story, or you know, I sometimes it's Let's say, um, I mean, let's just say one of the presidential candidates is going to come into town tomorrow and he's going to hold a news conference somewhere. Well, I'll go cover it. So I don't really have to think about it. I don't have to. It's assigned to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, the, you know, uh, Joe Biden's going to be at the airport at 4 p.m. tomorrow. You need to cover it. So uh, I'll do that. Or um, Warren City Council is meeting tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And the police are not happy that they don't that they're not getting a raise in this year's contract, and I'm not saying that's a story right now. I'm right. just saying that uh, <laughs> you have to go cover it, okay yes. so I don't have to sometimes I don't have to think about it. I just know that there's this event that's going on tonight.
0: And sure. It's my job to go cover it. Some of them are very obvious.
1: Yeah, yeah, you need to you need to cover the events that are going on at the same time. You can't just not everything is an enterprise story. If it's if there's an event going on, if there if it's the first night of the Youngstown Amphitheater, you need to cover it. If, mm-hmm. if the Rolling Stones are coming to the Cavelli Center, it's a story, okay? You go sure. cover it. So. But then,
0: you know, the, if the Rolling Stones cover band is going to a bar down the street, there is a cutoff at some point where something is news and something is there not. There is,
1: yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and you could still do a story on that. I mean, sure, I, of course, it, it, let's of course. Say the Rolling Stones cover band comes to the bar down the street and the people are standing out the door to, to watch them.
0: Yeah, then, if if they're a national actor, if it's a draw, yeah, if yeah, it's if it's know. news, it's, it's news, right? Everything's
1: but, a story. Everything can, uh, there, there's you know, it's um, the line is uh, there's no such thing as a boring story, only a boring reporter. So, understood. If you could take any story, and if you get enough time, you can make it fun. You talk to the people
0: that are involved. Oh, you're the, talking to a guy who loves watching cooking segments. So yeah, yeah if you're breaking I, I eggs like that
1: too. Some of them are good, and some of them are not so good. So even the
0: bad ones are fun to watch, right? Yeah, Just yeah, like yeah, uh, more yeah. morning TV, right? Um, all right. So you told me a little bit about um, the news diet. Is there anything? Uh, let me ask you this: What is the most uh, perplexing social media platform to you? I don't use social media. Like I, I, exactly, and so from your vantage point. When you hear somebody describe one of them, does do any of them just like blow your mind? Like, like why? What is the purpose of this? TikTok. Why are you doing? <laughs> okay, all right. I guess maybe I was fishing for that I answer. I don't it's know. All
1: videos um, and, and it's people doing their own videos. I mean, honestly, I can understand TikTok a little bit. I mean, I suppose it's fun to. I and I hear. I mean, I work with a lot of young people, so mm-hmm. when I when I hear people going, "Hey, did you see the TikTok video of this guy doing this?" And, 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 and though I might think it's stupid, and I'm not taking the time to look at it, apparently they like it. So yeah, and, and sometimes they'll show my, you
0: the phone. They'll just say, "Hey, you it, have to see this." One.
1: Yeah, it goes back to my my theory of what I think is a good story. You might not think is a good story. So they might they they're young. I mean, I'm I'm 62. I work with a lot of people that are 25. And my interests are different than theirs. And if they want to watch TikTok videos, then go for it. Um, one of <laughs> well, the let's... reasons I don't one of the reasons I'm not on Twitter is because I know people get uh, Twitter to me is more for opinions. Though I think you can also transfer information that way too. A lot of people learn about the news on their Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Um, but people get in trouble on Twitter, and I don't. I don't need to be getting in trouble. I try to really keep my opinions. To myself, I never voice who I who I support or who I like or if this was a bad move, I'd stay away from that altogether. And you just get people get in trouble on Twitter and I, I don't want to get in any trouble on Twitter. Is so that I really is that just
0: your it. nature like as a person or has that become uh, your nature no, as an ethos as I just a can't newsman be
1: opinionated in public? I just, I just, I just know that because of what I do, right? That I have to really be just as biased, unbiased. Your impartiality as I can. is very important. I just can't, I just can't do it. Yeah, I got to be very, very impartial, and and can't take one side or the other. Uh, and also, I like listening to both sides of a debate. You know, most of the time, I think uh, both sides. You know, some people make good points; they just not. They may not always be in the majority, but even the minority people sometimes they make good points.
0: But absolutely, it just doesn't They're... fit
1: in with whatever you, what plans are for everybody else to do what they want to do. So,
0: so how do you feel about the disc, the you know the the level of discourse in the in the country right now? Like in a h- historical context, like are you feeling um, dismayed I don't about know. it? Or um,
1: I, I mean, there's a lot of disagreement out there. I mean, obviously. I think everybody's divided between Republican and Democrat, and um, I don't know. I don't know if, how, how you're going to fix it. I just think that there's there's this real. You're right. There is a discord out there, and I'm not quite so sure. You know, if you're going to be able to fix it or get it done, it's going to have to fix itself. Kind of. It's going to at some point. You're going to have to get leaders that to come together and and figure out a different way to do this and to get everybody involved. So. Um, I don't really have a big answer for it. If if I did, I'd probably be president.
0: Right. No, I, I totally get it. And yeah. it's, you know, I just say that we are going to have to live with each other t- today, tomorrow, and barring catastrophe, 10, 15 years from now, we're all still going to be here. So how do we get past the impasses that we have? And it's all about being able to talk to one another. So it's just, I have never seen the level of, communication so low and i think it has a lot to do with you know our news silos so you're sitting here as a uh, a pillar of a an essentially very well trusted and respected um news organization as are most all local news organizations to their constituents right like they're they're held fairly sacred in their communities um but then, like, once you go out past that into regional and national, then you have people in their silos, in their bubbles. Like, um, it's, I, I, I just have to wonder what it looks like, and, and let's say we weren't getting as much information 30 years ago, um, you know, when it was just Dan Rather and, and Peter Jennings or whatever, um, but it seemed to be more uniformed and everyone was playing with the same set of facts, um, is are you are you ever nostalgic for that?
1: Oh well, I suppose, but you, I, and I'm not one that looks back. I don't try okay. to. I don't. I can't. I can't go back and say I wish it does us 30. no good now. I, I don't think it does anybody any good because we're not we're not going to we're not all going to turn in our cell phones. We're just not going to do <laughs> it. Um, right. So yeah. I don't think we can go back that way. And and people aren't going to turn off their Twitter feeds and their Facebook pages either. Um, The the, the social media certainly has changed the landscape of how we communicate, and I guess we're just going to have to learn to deal with it. But I agree with you. There seem to be multiple levels of facts anymore. Um,
0: So would you be like, are you for the type of efforts that Twitter and Facebook are trying to have where they are fact-checking things for us? Sure, but where
1: do the fact-checkers get their facts
0: Exactly, I guess like, that's what so, I'm saying. So where does it, it becomes, stop? And- then,
1: then it can you can go right down the line. What who is right and who is wrong? And, and most of the information I think, if you're fact checking, probably comes from some government agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to assume that the government agency has their numbers right. Uh, and as government agencies are run by. People just like me and you, and we make mistakes every once in a while. And maybe the number is wrong. I don't know. I sure. think it depends on what number you're looking for at the time. Um, people like to throw out, you know, unemployment numbers and job creation numbers and 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 GNP numbers and whether the whether the gross national product is up or down. So we just have to believe the people that are putting those numbers out that the numbers are correct. And I and i think i believe it um i mean and also i can kind of tell when the economy is doing well um i just get you can kind of get a feel and i think it was doing really well before COVID. i think the economy i think everybody could anybody that wanted to work could work um i think the jobs were out there sometimes you have to you have to move maybe to get the job that you want sometimes it's not Mm -hmm. real easy but
0: no, I would agree. I think it was it was almost at a unbelievably scary scarily prosperous a level. Bit. Yeah, it was free. like too
1: good. Whenever things go too good, you know that something's gonna <laughs> okay, pass, so to happen. Okay, so it wasn't just me. It
0: seemed like yeah, it was like, wait a second, we just got out of that two thousand eight and we were in a, a trajectory that was going straight up, so we you were, know.
1: yeah, we were. And I was kinda waiting for it to fall too. And maybe COVID was the fall. I don't know. So, that would
0: be fine because we certainly don't need any type of housing or auto mortgage kind of catastrophe no, no, on, on the No, no, you never yeah. need those. No, you never need those. If
1: you look back in the history of the United States, there have been economic you know, valleys and peaks through our whole history. Sure. So, and then they're going to happen again. You just got to find a way to weather them. So. It
0: is never linear. Are yeah. you prepared like with a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of coffee or whatever you uh, like I to do keep no yourself caffeine. awake with? Okay, so what do you do? Like jumping jacks?
1: I do work out. Yeah, I walk. <laughs> yeah. I lift. I um, stretch. Uh, but I do no caffeine. I haven't done caffeine for, oh gosh, probably since I was 40, 20 wow. years at least. congratulations. So I do, I do no caffeine. My, I do some vitamins. I do vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin um, D. I was told by an eye doctor recently that I should do, my eyes are starting to dry out. And he said, Hmm. take fish oil. And I've been taking fish oil and they were getting drier. So I went back on it and they help a little bit. So I do some vitamins, but I I don't do
0: caffeine. Oh, congratulations. Well, I was just going to wonder what you're going to do to keep yourself awake all election night.
1: Oh, I just, it's just, (laughs) that's easy. That the adrenaline will keep you going there. Okay. That's not a problem. Yeah. I'm Uh, I'm okay. And I sleep well. So I will That's sleep important. the day before yeah. election. I'll get my eight hours and I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I don't ever. I mean, I'm not going to fall asleep on the set. <laughs> so.
0: Are you expecting like the how when do you, how long do you think it'll take for this one to get wrapped up? I don't. And, know. And I don't.
1: I think it depends on how close it is.
0: Yeah, of so, course. Of course. I mean,
1: you have to look at any. And it's, I think I'm assuming you're talking the presidential race. I am. But I'm, yes. but I'm also talking the local races. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. It depends on the margin of victory or loss at the time. If, if a candidate, for example, has a sixty percent lead, uh, has got has sixty percent of the vote, then there, and there are still outstanding votes, is it safe to assume that sixty percent of those outstanding votes will probably go for the leading candidate?
0: Yeah, it depends on the counties reporting or whatever it might be. It depends on where
1: the votes are coming in. But also, I don't know if you'll know the counties because those will be counted. What you'll be looking at is mail-in ballots that have yet to be received. I don't think you really know where those are coming from. Gotcha. So I think if you're voting uh, absentee, if you if you've already voted, or you're actually going to the poll on election day, those should be counted you know, by 10, 11, 12 o'clock, I would think. Mm-hmm. So it'll depend on the margin of victory at the time. I mean, if somebody's got a 75% of the vote, they're, I'm, you can declare them the winner. If it's 50.1 to 49.9, and it's and, 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 and it's, a, it's a thirty point thirty vote margin or a 20-vote margin, uh, then you're going to have to hold off a little bit, and it may take a few days after that. But I remember there was a Youngstown City Council race just a couple of years ago that ended in a tie. It was wow. a dead heat. Seventh wow. Ward. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you didn't know the result of that. They had to go back, count some provisional ballots, count a few ballots that had been passed in. So, I mean, that stuff happens. So if, it, if the really tight races, you won't know. But there's going to be some blowouts. There always is. And those will be, we'll know those on election night. And I don't I, really know where the presidential race will going go. they will be, you know, it'll it, we'll have to see where it's at at the time and, and and see where it goes from there.
0: That is silly because I guess I was just so focused on the presidential race. I'm not thinking about the fact that there are going to be mail-in ballots for local and state yeah, elections, yeah, yeah, just yeah. the same that are yeah. going to be litigated those, to mean, the yeah, nth if you degree.
1: That a lot of places, I mean, there might only be, I don't know. 3000 votes cast in the whole race. So if there's 50 outstanding or 40 outstanding, it's a tight race or even a a levy, a school levy for these small school districts, you know. So they're going to be going
0: to those provisional ballots way more than ever before.
1: Make a difference. So, you know, um, nationally, you'll have to wait and see just really what the margin is at the time. If if one of the candidates holds up, I mean, I'm, I'm a five percentage lead, you know, five-point lead at some point, late at night. I, I don't know if you can be able to make that up with just a few boat votes that are outstanding. Uh, right. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I don't really don't know. Uh, I'm not going to focus a lot on the presidential race because the major networks will handle most of that. I'll certainly be following it. But sure. I'm not going to be able to cover it like they're going to be able to cover it. So I'll probably be using the same sources of information that everybody else will be doing that night. It'd be more of the local races that I'll be worried about that night. So.
0: Well, when do you get to pack it in for the evening? When do you get to go home on a night like that?
1: Oh, I'll be home by 1 a.m. Okay.
0: Okay. 2 a.m., something
1: like that. That's not bad. That's fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a fun night of work. It is. Um well, I thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it.
1: No problem, Ron. Um,
0: you know, i got to say that uh, what you do is fantastic, and uh, everyone around here in the Mahoning Valley appreciates you very much.
1: All right. Thanks for your time.
0: Yes, sir. Have good a good one. Good luck to you. Thank you.
1: Have a nice day.
0: You too. Alright, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes. Thank you to Ryan Little, as always, for the theme song. Check him out on SoundCloud. And a big shout-out this week to Eric Roush in Columbus, Ohio. He has his very own and very cool public pottery studio. It is on South High down there in Columbus. It is called The Kiln Room. So find that on Facebook and go make some stuff. And I hope your foot is feeling a lot better, buddy. I will talk to you again soon. And I will see the rest of you guys next week.